Hello, and welcome to the Daughters Without Moms podcast. This is Beth. I'm glad you're here today. And a special guest with me this, this afternoon is Allison. Um, I know Allison through my niece, Jennifer. They went to high school together, and I've had several occasions to be able to spend some time with Allison over the years. So it's been good to get to know her, and I really appreciate her willingness to share her story with us today. So I am basically going to pass it off to her and let her introduce herself and tell us about her story. Thank you, Beth. Um, thank you for having me. When you, you know, offered this, I definitely jumped at the opportunity. Uh, I've always wanted to be on a podcast. I listen to podcasts myself. So I was like, this would be so cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm Allison. Uh, I currently live in Syracuse, New York, but I'm originally from Stafford, Virginia. Uh, grew up there and then went to Virginia Tech. Um, definitely missed college, <laughs> but uh, I was definitely excited after graduation to, you know, move on and kind of, you know, just get my feet wet and get out into the world. Uh, I'd never lived anywhere else, so I decided to go out to Arizona. Um, I was there for a little bit for work, and then life has taken me here. So live <laughs> at you from Syracuse. <laughs> so yeah, thanks again for having me. Sure. Welcome. So this is your time. You can tell us the whole story. You can tell us part of the story, wherever your heart leads you. Um, I know that it can be difficult. So whatever you're comfortable with sharing about your story of your mom and, and your own journey, that's, that's basically the floor is yours. Hey, awesome. Uh, I guess, you know, to tell any story, you kind of have to start from the beginning. <laughs> mm -hmm, for sure. Um, so I guess, yeah, I'll just kind of get to it. Um, it was when I was seven years old. Uh, we were in Colorado for a family vacation. We were visiting my aunt. Uh, it was my mom's sister, Karen. Uh, I don't remember much of the trip. You know, I was young, um, but it was always nice spending summers out there. And uh, we had just gotten home. Uh, you know, everyone was kind of winding down from just being out in the mountains in Colorado. And uh, I could just kind of tell something was a little off. Um, and my mom let us know, you know, hey guys, like we need to talk to you. Uh, so she pulled us into our family room and, you know, sat us all down and, I mean, really explained it to us, even though I was seven, uh, my oldest brother, I guess, would have been 11, Connor was nine, uh, so yeah, I was seven and then Liam was five, uh, a hard thing to tell a kid, you know, I can only imagine, and how do you say that <laughs> with them understanding, right, just kind of what's happening, um, but, you know, she let us know, I've been diagnosed with cancer, um, you know, and she let us know from the get go, like, I'm going to fight this, I'm going to do everything I can, because I want to be there for you guys. And that was just her motto throughout her whole battle, you know, we just felt that love with everything she did, absolutely everything. Um, and, you know, I didn't really know how to react at the time. I didn't know how serious it was. Uh, from my memory, I just kind of remember looking around and seeing that people were getting upset. And I realized, okay, this is serious. Um, so naturally, you know, I started to cry. I was very scared. I wasn't sure what was going to happen. Um, but, you know, like the fighter my mom was, I mean, she just hit the ground running and was like, no, I'm going to beat this thing. Um, throughout all of my childhood, though, there are really only a few instances where I can remember her actually looking sick. Um, most of the time she was, you know, driving me to dance practice, picking me up from dance practice. Uh, I was a competitive dancer, so I was always at the dance studio, you know. 
um, Liam soccer practice. We were all just very active kids, uh, swim meets, swim practice. You have it. Like my mom was going to take us there. Uh, my two older brothers did travel ice hockey. So it was kind of split up. Like my dad was with them. My mom was with us, you know, uh, and my mom also worked at the elementary school that Liam and I went to. So, you know, we were just constantly with her. A lot of my memories are of my mom and my mom doing things for us. Um, and so, yeah, she just continued to fight, you know. Um, I remember in second grade, I believe it was, again, she had worked at the same elementary school. Um, there was a kid in my class and he had commented on how my mom didn't have any hair. And I had been kind of living with that, you know, at that point I was like, yeah, my mom owns it. You know, she definitely was self-conscious about it, but I know, you know, she put up a very good front for us that like she wasn't scared this was just normal you know that she didn't have hair at the time um but yeah this comment that was made it just obviously hit me wrong <laughs> because I took that as okay that's normal like my mom has cancer she's going through this why can't you be you know considerate but I don't I didn't really realize honestly until recently just how mature I probably was for that age and to be and especially just emotional maturity more than anything um, and I remember having to get up in front of my class in second grade saying, hey, guys, my mom has cancer, whether or not they knew what that meant. You know, I just wanted to let people know, like, she's going through this. Um, but again, that was just really my only uh, memory. I mean, one of my only memories as a kid where I just kind of saw these changes, you know. Um, and so, again, yeah, just throughout middle school, high school, like she was just always there. My rock, you know, my best friend. Um not a whole lot in between just in terms of her illness. Um, she, again, she would just come home from work and would mow the lawn, do the dishes, make dinner, like no questions asked. She was doing whatever she felt like she needed to do for us. Um, more than we deserve for sure. <laughs> Cause I'm sure, you know, the fighting me and my brothers put her through drove her up a wall some nights. Um, but I feel like that's kind of any mom, you know, and my mom always said, like, you're not going to understand until you're a mother. And I'm sure that's so true because I hear it all the time. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm trying to think it would have been, I guess, the fall of my senior year. So it would have been 2013. Um, I remember she had gotten kind of a bad scan back and, you know, like anything, if, if that ever had happened, it was always, you know, mom will be okay. Like she'll be fine. You know, there's nothing to worry about. Um, so with whatever these results were that we got back again, it wasn't any huge reaction. It was like, okay, another bad scan, you know, mom will be all right. You know, she's always okay. Like she's always pulling through. Um, but this one was, you know, definitely different from the others. And uh, I remember we kind of found out in January of 2014 that, you know, things might not be getting better. Um, and it still really didn't sit in for me. I really didn't recognize the time we had left. All these things weren't coming to my mind of like, oh, I need to make sure to ask my mom this. I need to do this. I need to do this. Uh, because we were just kind of always told, like, even though you're, you guys are dealing with this, it was like, you still need to go and live your life, you know, despite getting bad news. Continue going to dance practice. Like, you need to do that. And I love dance mostly because that was kind of my escape from everything, you know, at home, like I, that was always my, on my mind. I had to think about that constantly. Um, no, I didn't have like the ideal body type of a ballerina, but it was just this amazing place for me to go to be with my friends. Um, and yeah, it was just something I was committed to and, and passionate about. 
Um, unfortunately, I did have to quit that, I believe, after my junior year of high school. I suffered a pretty bad back injury, um, but I ended up finding lacrosse my senior year, and that's kind of actually what got me closer with uh, Jennifer, your, your niece. Um, mm-hmm. And it was great finding her at the time because her mom, Amy, was also sick. Um, and it was nice just being able to talk to her about it. You know, I finally found someone I could relate to and would understand me and just kind of the emotions I was going through. Um, and I think that's most, you know, a huge part in kind of how we got so close. And, you know, we just had that bond from the get go. Um, and, you know, you wish time would be on your side at the end of the day. Um, but I remember in, I believe it was March, you know, she was definitely getting more sick and you could notice, you know, she was jaundice and everything. And uh, she ended up having to go to the hospital. And uh, the day we found out, I believe my dad had just texted uh, Liam and I, cause we were still in high school at the time. I was a senior and he was a sophomore. Um, and he, you know, he just said, can you guys come to the hospital uh, after you leave school? And I kind of had already known what it was about, but I was just really, really hoping that, you know, wasn't going to be the case. You just always hope she's going to get better. And so I walked into the room um, and my dad actually was kind of the one that just did the talking um, and, you know, told me and what was going on and just kind of hit us with the hard reality that, you know, again, time wasn't going to be on our side and we weren't going to win this fight. And after, you know, 12 years of of battling cancer, it's just kind of like, what? (laughs) Are you kidding me? Um, And I just remember being very calm because I always kind of felt like I was that rock for Liam, you know, just because my older brothers were already in college at the time. So, you know, that was our day to day of seeing that and going through that. Um, And I felt bad for kind of letting my walls down and not being as strong for him. But I remember the first thing I asked was, are you scared? And I remember he got mad at me. You know, he was like, why why would you ask that? You know, because I think in his mind, he was still hoping that there was something we could do. Um, And, you know, my mom answered it, though. She was like, no, I'm not. And uh, that gave me so much comfort, though. just because I knew she wasn't scared, she was going to be okay. Um, But again, after that, I just kind of, it was just like a blur, honestly, how do you handle that information? You know, like the person you've been around for years, and then is all of a sudden, you know, going to be departing this earth. And you don't necessarily know that day. Um, But after we heard that news, it's it's going to sound crazy, but my dad took us to Panera uh, and then we went back to the hospital, got my car and then I went to lacrosse practice and Liam went to wrestling practice. And that's just how things were. It wasn't, you know, don't deal with this, but it was just always a reminder like you need to continue to do the things that you're going to do because life is going to happen. Um, and so, you know, we did that. We kept going to practice, kept playing games, even though, again, we knew what was going on at home. Um, but we just kind of dealt with that on our own time um, and with each other as well. So definitely thankful having my brothers um, as that support system. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm trying to think. I want to say she came home a few days after being in the hospital. Uh, So she was going to be home on hospice and that's kind of when they let us know, you know, it was most likely going to be two weeks. And so, uh, yeah, again, it's just kind of, I kept going to school um, and there were days I wouldn't go to school, but I would just show up for, you know, a a test or an exam that I had to take uh, and then I would leave and come home. 
Um, yeah, again, I was still going to lacrosse games, lacrosse practice, uh, but no one really prepares you for how that process happens. You know, watching someone just leave, I guess is the best thing I could say. Um, she started losing just motor functioning skills. Um, and I think that the thing that really crushed me that I wasn't expecting was her losing the ability to speak. Um, and that was hard, you know, you never know when that last time is going to be. And to be honest, I uh, don't really remember the last thing she said to me. Uh, gosh, <laughs> trying not to get emotional. Um, okay. I do remember prom was coming up though. And <laughs> sorry, this is just a good memory I have. It's not, you oh, know, it's good. terribly yeah. sad. Yeah. Um, I remember my prom dress had gotten delivered one day and I was, you know, still looking forward to it because I realized the end of my senior year was happening and that she wasn't going to be for there for prom and high school graduation. And a lot of things started setting in for me that she wasn't going to be there for. And that was... And it still is. It's just hard to realize that that's your reality. Um, but I remember I came home from lacrosse practice and, uh, yeah, my prom dress had, had arrived and I was so excited because the dress I had ordered before just did not look good at all. Um, it didn't fit or anything like it was too big. And so I was just really excited and I got home and again, my mom, she wasn't speaking at the time. So I just kind of told her, I was like, I'm just going to go upstairs and try this on. Like, I'll come down and show you. Um, and you know, she just kind of, I could tell that she understood what I said, uh, but yeah, so I didn't even shower, like just went upstairs straight from lacrosse practice, you know, took off my jersey, whatever, uh, and put on the dress and I came downstairs and she spoke to me and said, you look so beautiful. <laughs> and it just made me cry in the moment because again, she hadn't spoken. And that was just comforting. Little things like that that kind of happened throughout, I just recognized like, she's not truly leaving me. She will still be here with me. Um, and I, I, I do feel her obviously, you know, still, still to this day. Uh, but yeah, after that, you know, I want to say we spent, we all as a family spent the night in our family room, uh, with her. And I don't know what it was that kind of made my dad think this way, but he was just kind of, he let us know. He was like, guys, I think this might be your mom's last night. Um, and again, hard to hear, but they were, they were never beating around the bush with us, which I did appreciate. Like, I just want to know what's happening. Um, and so, yeah, we all, we all spent the night in the family room. Um, but I remember my dad woke me up at probably, I think it was like 515. It was, you know, early in the morning. I don't know why days like that, you can just remember the exact time it was. Um, but it was it was early. Um, my mom or my dad had you know shook me and and said, "Honey, I think your mom your mom has stopped breathing," um, and you know we all we all cried. It was <laughs> our hero, our warrior, you know. Um, and we gathered around her, and uh, you know, again, we were we were just crying. We were wishing that wasn't the case. Wishing that wasn't you know the end of this. Um, and like anything, we we just kind of had to continue going on, you know. Um, I remember my mom's side of the family, my dad's side of the family, they came down, we all got breakfast. 
uh, I remember I even went and got my hair cut that day and I, you know, sat in the chair like it was nothing. I think just because I was so overwhelmed by everyone coming to the house, I felt like I just needed to go somewhere where people weren't asking me how I was, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just kind of like playing into that. Uh, Cause obviously that had just happened. I just couldn't even still wrap my head around it. Um, and we had the funeral. I want to say it was on that following Wednesday. Um, I wanted to speak. I had I had written a poem uh, to read, and I was fully prepared to get up there. I had prepped myself. You know, I was like, I'm not gonna cry. I'm not gonna cry. I'm totally gonna be fine. Um, and I remember I was one of the first few people that had gotten up. And I don't get stage fright or anything. You know, like I do like speaking in front of people. It was it was a packed house. Um, again my mom was a kindergarten teacher like just loved by so many people um some people didn't even have a chair to sit in uh but I got up there and I I couldn't even get through the first sentence I just started bawling and I remember no one before me had had really gone yet and said anything and so yeah I was just trying to kind of hold my composure um I somewhat wrapped it up and uh probably just mumbled a poem I don't know that if anyone really understood it um but that day yeah it's 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 just hard when it when it really hits you and you kind of know that's that's it um and after that (laughs) yeah I went I went on to school um I just knew that was something my mom would do or want me to do was just kind of continue on. And I did. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of the the beginning and the somewhat end of, of that story. I don't know, you know, Beth, if you have any questions up to that point before I kind of ramble on. <laughs> <laughs> um, what kind of cancer did she have? Uh, she had breast cancer. She did. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, she sounds a lot like Amy. Yeah. <laughs> and funny enough, they never met, but I still tell Jen, I'm like, I'm sure they're, you know, sipping wine up there, <laughs> margaritas, mm-hmm. what have you. Cause I, I tell her all the time, I'm just like, they would have loved each other, been very good friends for sure. Mm-hmm. And what was your mom's name? Holly. Holly. Um, 12 years. Wow. Yeah. Long time. That's a, she was a warrior a fighter absolutely just the one thing that strikes me a little bit as I have recently become the only female in my house here since the girls have gone off to college was that was that a hard transition for you to be the only then you were the only female in the house yeah it 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 definitely was I think again it sounds so silly you'd think I would just realize that automatically that I was going to be the only girl Um, but I didn't really realize that until after, you know, I'm, I'm really the only girl. And, uh, it was again, hard for me. I felt like I didn't have anyone to really go to and talk to for a bit. Um, I was, you know, I I had a good relationship with my dad, but it wasn't like the relationship my older brothers had with him growing up again, just because my mom was always taking, you know, me and my little brother to things. Uh, so that relationship definitely grew after everything that happened. Uh, and I was able to start going to my dad for things and talking to him. Um, but Amy was also uh, more important. I mean, I don't want to say more importantly, but also just kind of another woman I could go to and talk to about things. And obviously she understood, you know, what I was going through. 
Um, and she was definitely like a second mom to me. I mean, going over there after lacrosse practice and just hanging out. Um, and she was just such a great mom. Like she knows I love uh, tacos and everything. So she would always have tacos uh, and wine waiting. <laughs> that was in college, obviously. <laughs> after no, but um, so yeah, it, it was hard. And again, you know, you fight with your siblings when you're, when you're little, but I'm definitely thankful that our relationship has matured. Um, I'm now able to, you know, talk to my brothers and we have a very good relationship. So I do feel as though I can go to them for things as well. Uh, but again, I think it just took me a little longer to realize that, just to realize that I did have that bond and that relationship to even just go to my own family. I guess I just, kind of thought I have to go elsewhere, you know, to find the people I can talk to. So, um, so yeah, but I like being the only girl. <laughs> it was always kind you of do. nice growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I was never a, a tomboy or anything, but I mean, if my brothers were like, let's build a fort, you know, when we were younger, just anything like that. I, I mean, even movies, you know, I would watch Star Wars with them. Like I was never super girly to where I could only play with my dolls. <laughs> um, sometimes I would even get Liam to play with me. He's gonna be mad at me for saying that. <laughs> He'd be like, okay, but only if I'm Spider-Man, you know, or whatever. So that, that's kind of how I, I looped him into that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Um, so then how would you say have you, so that was in 2014. So it's been six years, almost seven. Well, yeah. when did she pass away in uh, April of 2014? April. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. So it'll be seven years this coming April. Yeah. Um, so since then, you know, um, how would you say for these last six and a half of young adult, adult years, um, has the transition been any different for you? Have you, you know, how has it, how have you shaped that into your identity? Yeah, um, it's kind of crazy. I feel like, you know, after you lose someone, you expect yourself to just continue to improve you know you don't expect that it could be this roller coaster of emotions and uh taking time to really heal uh going into my freshman year of college i feel like i i i guess like i don't want to say blissfully unaware but it was just it was more so on my mind to kind of push through this and to not necessarily deal with it. I guess in my mind, pushing through it was dealing with it. Um, and it wasn't until around my jun junior year of college actually where I kind of recognized, okay, this isn't dealing with it. You know, you need to deal with it. I was beginning to just feel these random emotions and uh, things that weren't making me sad before were all of a sudden making me sad. Um, and so it was just hard to go through all of that. Um, but I want to say it wasn't until moving out to Arizona where I kind of realized I have this own, my identity, you know, I can kind of not, nece not necessarily escape it. That wasn't my plan at all. Um, I just recognized that like I needed to maybe get out of Virginia, do something a little different, um, maybe kind of go on this journey by myself and see what I can find type of thing. Um, and so I matured in other ways, you know, I mean, I literally packed two bags and moved out to Arizona by myself. Who does that? Um, right. <laughs> you know, wow. and so um, 
and that was my first big girl job, you know, out of college. So it was just kind of setting myself up for that, figuring out adult things, you know, a 401. I honestly, little things like that. You just kind of realize that's a part of your reality now. Um, meeting Jeremy, my boyfriend, that was a huge just kind of help, honestly. Um, I love him so much. And he's given me just a lot of support and just reassurance that things I'm feeling at times are okay. Um and again, I'm, I'm still healing. I don't know that things ever get easier. Um, if anything, I would just say like you have, you should always know that you have people to talk to and that you shouldn't go through this alone. And I know it sounds so cliche, but it's very true because I am very stubborn. I'm big at bottling things up, <laughs> um, you know, so I'll hold on to emotions for the longest time before they kind of hit me and I'll just feel this random sadness. I'm like, why am I crying? You know what I mean? Um, and so, yeah, I, I have seen those things and then been able to realize that, okay, I'm still grieving and there's not a deadline and I don't think there has to be. I feel like originally that was kind of put in my mind after everything happened, like, oh, you can only be sad up until this point. It's now expired, you know? Um, and I, I just recognize, I think, at the time that I won't be sad forever. Um, and even though I am still healing, I feel like now, um, almost seven years after, it's a lot easier to talk about my mom. It used to be, you know, I would mention her and I would start to tear up. Um, and there are, you know, memories like I shared with you where I started to get emotional and that still happens and that's okay. That's mm -hmm. completely okay. Um, but it, yeah, again, it just took a while for me to understand that and that my feelings about all of this are valid. Um, and yeah, just that there's, there's no deadline. I celebrated my 25th birthday yesterday and yeah. Jeremy just had sweet words for me, but he was like, I think your mom would be so proud of where you're at. And I, you know, I think about it and I'm like, you're damn, you're like, you're so right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I've been through so much, you know, just growing up and I wouldn't trade it for anything though. As crazy mm -hmm. as that sounds, like the, the sadness throughout the years uh, with that, there's also been, you know, so many happy memories, so many laughs. Um, my mom was an amazing, amazing woman. And although I do wish she were still here today, as I'm sure do a lot of people, um, I'm just glad that I can carry on her legacy, carry on uh, her love and her passion for things. Um, and, you know, I'm my mother's daughter and I, I'm her only daughter. And that's, you know, that's kind of cool. Um, and I think I just carry that with me with anything I do, with loving my family, my boyfriend, anybody that comes in my life. Um, you know, I want to treat them as my mom would, you know, she was just this very loving and compassionate person. Um, even with little things, decorating like Christmas decorations, my mom loved, my mom loved Christmas. Um, so I definitely was hitting up TJ Maxx over the weekend just so I could decorate. Um, but things like that, like it just brings back happy memories and you just begin to realize that there are ways you can honor her and remember her without it being so sad. It can be it can be happy for sure, even if you know it's something as simple as putting some Christmas lights up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you are like the poster child for exactly why I wanted to start doing this type of thing. <laughs> um, you know, people often say, "Oh, well, time will heal all wounds," and um, you know, time makes things better. And and like you said, I think that there is healing. You know, mm -hmm. just don't feel like you ever get over grief. You grow with it, but I don't think you ever get over it. It's not like a mountain that you're climbing and you're mm -hmm. going to reach the other 
market and it's gonna be different. Um, so you said exactly that. Um, and then I have realized that there is, there is such an isolation um, around grieving. Um, and everybody's been grieving in 2020. I mean, 2020 has just been, people have lost so many things, uh, you know, events, celebrations, opportunity. Um, and um, I, I think, you know, just the talking about it is, you know, it's, it's helping you share your story about Holly. Now I know more about her I ever did before. Um, and I think it's, I think it's an important part of the process of the healing is just sharing our stories and being honest and being vulnerable. Um, because I mean, you were 18, 17. Uh, I guess I would have been 17. Yeah. 18. Math is hard. Yeah, it depends <laughs> on your birthdays. Your birthday is after April. Your birthday was yesterday. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Happy it's been a long day, Beth. <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought about you. I don't know if you saw the thing that I posted today, but one of the things I think is like that you have is that like what Jeremy said yesterday to you, that your mom would be proud of you. Um, the thing I miss the most, and I'll just tell you, I mean, this is after 37 years, you know, my mom died when I was 13 and I hit the big 5-0 this year, um, is just looking for that, that unconditional love and that information that it it's never fulfilled in any other way other than a mom. It's just the maternal biological relationship that happens between a mother and a child. Um, but I, 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 I firmly believe that they are able to send signals, waves, energy, something to you. Um, and so the post I put today was about just being able to recognize those affirmations that come from within. Mm -hmm because I do believe that they still come. Um, it's just whether or not we allow ourselves to recognize it and, and um, receive it. No, absolutely. It's, it's kind of funny over uh, Thanksgiving, I was in Charlotte with my brothers and, you know, Jen always sends me videos of ladybugs. You know, it's, it's good luck. My brothers do it too. I never see a ladybug. I mean, probably because I lived in the desert, you know, I was never <laughs> seeing any ladybugs. So I couldn't have really complained. Um, but yeah, even in Syracuse in the summer, no ladybugs. I'm like, why am I not seeing a ladybug? And it was a ladybug heaven in my brother's girlfriend's backyard. I just saw so many. And uh, Jen and I have started to call them ladybug hugs. Um, so I just was sending her videos all throughout the day. I kept seeing them. Um, and I, I just kind of took that as a sign. Um, now that we're all older, you know, my brothers and I, it's, it's hard for us to, to get together uh, so when we do, it's, it's so special. And I just think about how happy my mom would be. I mean, we were always good kids, but again, I, like I said, like any, any kids growing up, you're going to fight with your siblings. So I think she would just be very happy that we do have a good relationship and we're able to get along and, you know, sit at a table and have a meal with each other. Um, and then I guess like the little girl in me was just so giddy and, and happy because uh, it's like your dream, you know, I, it's like you can't wait to have dinner with, you know, your brothers and their girlfriends and your boyfriend. I don't know. At least that was my dream. <laughs> um, I just kind of always wanted us to be to be friends and to stay friends. And um, yeah, so it's it's just nice, nice to see that we do have that relationship. And, and the ladybugs were just a plus and <laughs> just recognizing mm -hmm. that my mom was with us. So. And were your brothers able to agree with that? With what? Oh, you yeah. <laughs> good, good. That's good. One of the other things I'm researching is about the different types of grievers that they are. And a lot of times it's, it's, it's closely related to your sex, whether you're a male or female. So that's also why one of the things I was asking about how you were 
feeling as, you know, the only female uh, left in the family, because sometimes we, well, not sometimes, a lot of times we process things um, differently, but I would say that your mom would be proud. It really seems like you guys have a great relationship. I mean, especially with, um, you know, the beginning of the diagnosis, you being um, seven. And so your age, you guys are from 11 to five. I mean, that's, that's young. Yeah. That's, um, and then to watch your mom battle for 12 years, even though she put on a, you know, brave face. And I'm sure, like, like we said, that she sounds just like Amy. Like I wrote in my um, journal earlier this year that if, if Will alone could have kept Amy alive, she would still be here. If it could sustain a body, mm-hmm. because nobody had a will to live like she did. Yeah. Um, you know, will um, and love if love could mm-hmm. keep you alive too yeah yeah for sure um but that's not enough to sustain a living body um but it really is uh, not ironic it's beautiful to see how your brothers um continue to develop your relationships i think it even gets a little bit hold- harder as you become older adults with your own lives and significant others and things like that so Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, while I was there, I kind of had like a one-on-one conversation with my brother Connor and, you know, he just kind of shared a very real fact that, again, I had never thought about before. Uh, He said, you know, your relationship with your siblings is probably going to be the longest relationship you have. And, you know, family is so important to me. It always has been. And I think for him to say that, you know, it's just like, wow, like, yeah, you guys are, have, and hopefully will be, you know, always there for me. Um, so it's, again, I'm just beyond grateful and always am just to have them. Um, they're just very sweet. I'm incredibly lucky. They're all just so cool. I love, like, I love my brothers and I know a lot of people can't say that. (laughs) Well, everybody won't see this, this video when they listen to it, but you can definitely, I mean, I'm sure we can hear it in your voice too, but I can just see it, how your face lights up when you talk about them. I think that's just awesome. That's just awesome. Thank you. Um, Oh, and just the thing that you're uh, saying too about just that you weren't prepared. I I can I can relate to that. Jennifer and I have said that often. You know, Amy, Allison knows, but all the listeners don't necessarily know. Amy battled cancer for almost ten years, and um, and you know we her ending you know was a few months, probably kind of like your mom from January to April. Amy's was from like October to January, um, and even though you know, you know, from the beginning with my sister had a stage four cancer diagnosis that it's not a good outcome. Even after 10 years, you're, you're not prepared. You're not prepared. You're not ready. I don't think you ever are. So um, I think maybe that's part of our brains, just self-defense mechanism that it won't allow us to actually go there and and be prepared um yeah because even when that was kind of all going on I uh was just kind of thinking to myself like what are things that I can tell Jen just to help her prepare for this and there wasn't much you know because I think initially I was like I'll have an answer for her this if I tell her these things it's going to be easier and just the truth is it's not you can you could you know know exactly how everything is going to play out and it, it doesn't make it any easier um and yeah losing her at the beginning of the year um Amy it was just it was incredibly hard for me as it was you know obviously for a lot of people um because to be honest I think after losing my mom and and finding that you know I was very close with Amy and I could talk to her I was like all right I lost my mom there's no freaking way that this 
other, you know, great woman is going to leave my life. Um, and yeah, you run out of time and it, it's, it's hard. It hurts because <laughs> you start to question faith. You know, you wonder what did I do wrong? Why did I deserve this type of thing? Um, and I've realized though, it's, it's that anger that you can't let get you down. It, you can't let that sadness eat away at you. Um, you do just kind of have to look at that with a happy heart and realize the impact that they made on your life for the short time that they were in it. Um, and then just put so bluntly, you do have to move on. Uh, but again, just reinforcing kind of what I said before, you just find new ways to remember them and to honor them and to not forget them. Um, and I think that was one of my biggest um, fears after losing my mom was just that I would forget her. Um, 18 at the time, I think I thought it was it sounded so young or so old, I should say at the time. Um, but looking back at, you know, I'm 25 now, just realizing how young I was. I knew nothing. I was a senior in high school. <laughs> no, I knew absolutely nothing. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's definitely kind of easy to see just that I have grown, um, just emotional maturity, just kind of everything I've definitely, uh, improved and, I've, I've just been healing. And again, it's, it's a constant, constant process. I don't, like you said, I don't know that it really ever ends and it shouldn't be this mountain that you think you're climbing. Um, and I also don't think grief has to be this such negative thing. I think even in feeling happy feelings and talking about that, you're still, you're still grieving, you know, um, but it's just in, in a more positive way. And yeah, I think that's just something a lot of people don't necessarily recognize. Um, it kind of gets a bad rep and like you shouldn't necessarily be doing it or, you know, after seven years, you're still grieving. But I, when you put it like that, it, it almost sounds bad, right? You know, but it, it takes time. It just takes time. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and she'll always be a part of your life. You know, that's um, one of the things that I've heard recently is that you can teach from a scar, but not from a wound. So, you know, as the time goes on and you're healing, you know, a scar forms over it, but it will still always be a part of who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things on one of my bios that says about, you know, having a mom-sized hole, because that's something that will be a part of your identity um, for the rest of your life. But yeah, I don't think that grief is such a bad thing either. I mean, I think when it's part of your identity, you, you have to acknowledge it. Um, but you have to realize that you're also allowed to feel feelings of joy too. And then it's not bad for you to have those feelings too. Um, but you've, you've mentioned emotional, well, one first time you said emotional intelligence and emotional maturity, you've mentioned that twice. And I think that has a whole lot to do with it. And that has to do with people who aren't even grieving. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and it's actually, I don't have the book down here, but it's a book um, that I, we've read at work this week and it has really helped this week, this year for 2020. And it has really helped me with the process. And it's called Emotional Intelligence by Susan David. And it's just so, a lot of it seems common sense, but, you know, a lot of times we don't practice common sense or, you know, give it the time and, and energy that it deserves. So, um, good for you. <laughs> it is just a lot of, a lot that comes with it. I mean, even though it might be common sense, I think it's still good to just even read it and I guess reassure yourself and you're like, okay, this is, this is, this is good. Like this is helping me. Um, even though it might be some stupid quote, you know, um, 
but even like my little brother recently shared some things with me about uh Matthew McConaughey's book um he was just kind of yeah, <laughs> we were talking last night and uh, yeah, he was just going off on his Matthew McConaughey rant. I was, you know, called to wish me happy birthday and I ended up hearing about, you know, 20 extra minutes of Matthew um, but I was enjoying it, you know, because again, they all sound so simple, you know, green lights. Okay, well, obviously that means go, you know, um, but he was just kind of, as he was saying them and relating them to me, one, I was just like, who the heck are you? Because when did you grow up? Like you're telling me, you know, daily affirmations and trying to get me into these habits and everything. Um, but, you know, he helps remind me just to slow down and just to, to just to relax. You know, um, Liam was like, I was listening to a podcast, you know, and he always says everybody checks in with the world in the morning before they check in with themselves. And again, it seems so like, yeah, that's what I do. I would go on Instagram first thing in the morning, you know, but once he said that to me, I was just kind of like, okay, crap, maybe, maybe I need to change some things around, you know, um, while I was in Tucson, I, I got into yoga that helped me a ton. I found a really good studio. Um, I had tried it yoga before that, and it was just, I guess, a bad class. I just kind of thought it was cheesy. I was like, this isn't relaxing at all. You know, I'm sweating. Like, <laughs> this isn't calming. I can hear people screaming out there, whatever. Um, but this studio I loved, and it was right down the street from my apartment. I could just walk there. I loved going to yoga every week. So probably one of the few things I miss from Tucson. Um, but I've tried to keep things like that with me, you know, just taking time in the day to pause, whether that's reading a book, you know, working out really quick, um, yoga and meditating. Um, I just use that as just kind of a release and just to breathe. <laughs> You're breathing all the time, but this is really just to get in check with yourself, make sure you're ready for the day. Um, sometimes I'll do yoga during lunch just so I can work and then do something that just takes my mind completely off of work. And so I can step away from the computer for a bit. I can check in with myself. Um, and again, it, it might sound time consuming or so simple, but it these practices, I believe, do help. And I think the more you get in tune and in check with yourself, you're able to then realize where you might need to heal, where you might need to grow. Um, so that's been, you know, a huge, huge help just in my process of healing for sure. That's awesome. That's awesome. I appreciate everything that you said, and I wholeheartedly agree. And uh, that's been the one blessing of this pandemic for me is that it has made me take stock of, you know, how I am spending my time and taking care of myself and giving myself space to feel things and uh, space to connect. Um, you know, we've relationships are important in our family and it's, uh, mm -hmm. um, and just give, being able to be in the right headspace to be able to um, provide the right connections for the people that you love in your life. And also just being honest about where you're at. <laughs> to say, you know, you've been saying a lot of great things about Jeremy. I told Brian, Brian has been really good uh, through everything with me and Amy. And um, one of the things he's learned is that uh, a lot of times when I'm hurting, he wants to try to fix it. You know, he wants to make me feel better and he wants to offer a solution. And over the years, I've been like, you know, I just need you to listen. I just need you to listen. That's all. And I mean, you've met Brian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a man of many words. And um, I can literally see like him stopping the wheels on the bus when he knows it, like, okay, I'm just going to try to listen to her. I'm just going to try to listen and let her be. Um, 
it's been growing a growing experience for both of us for sure absolutely and you know I mean Brian met Amy Jeremy never met my mom so you know it's I think I've just been so appreciative that he's kind of able to come in at this point after I guess you know just the emotional instability I, I went through um and to recognize that he can help me you know and I can talk to him about these things and again like you said listening huge thing just talking about favorite memories of my mom I think is just very helpful um, in that whole grieving process and I think he's been able to recognize that because there are times where we're just kind of sitting there and he'll just say like you know what was your favorite memory of your mom we're like um, you know, what's something you really loved about her? And it's nice getting asked those questions because it's, it is very rare that I get to talk about my mom. I also don't want to be the person that's just always bringing her up either because I, that, like anything that can just kind of get annoying, get old. So, um, I do like having those things and just being able to speak openly and honestly about how I feel. Um, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, there's still days even now where I just, I'm sad. It, it just hits me for whatever reason. Um, and it's like that wound just opens up again. And it's like, you're feeling things that you would have felt a few years ago, you know what I mean? Um, and so even for him, again, coming in kind of late to that process, he's just been so kind and I guess just gentle and loving when I am going through those days and just having difficult times. Um, and just recognizing that this is something I'm always going to be dealing with, not necessarily in that capacity, for sure. Um, I do hope to obviously improve over time. It's, it's a process. But yeah, just knowing that, that I have him, it's, it's been such a huge comfort, especially during this time and being stuck at home. Um, I mean, we live together. So, you know, it's, it's just <laughs> nice waking up to that every day and, and just having that. Yeah, wow. It sounds like you certainly have a lot of your arrows pointed in the right direction. <laughs> Let's hope. <laughs> I, I think that Holly is very proud of you. Um, you. So I'm trying to end each one with um, if there's one thing that your grief journey has taught you that you know might be useful to others to hear or just you know any kind of nugget that you'd like to to share in closing. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we've definitely touched on it. I think just knowing that it's it's okay to talk to other people and that you don't have to do this alone. Um, again, going to sound so very cliche, but I'm even still learning that. Um, there are days where I'm thinking about things on my mind about my mom and I don't necessarily want to tell Jeremy, you know, and I, I feel like, oh, it'll go away. Like, let me just deal with this sadness, you know, Um but I, I realized that it is okay to just talk about it <laughs> and it actually makes me feel better. And that's, you know, so crazy. Who would have thought of that? <laughs> um, so yeah, just talking things through um, journaling, I think is very important. Um, I try to make it a habit. I'm not going to lie. I, I, it's, it hasn't stuck yet. I don't do it every day, but I do try as often as I can. Um, and it's even important just to document like the good days you're having too. It doesn't necessarily have to be all, all the sad times. Um, because then it's good to go back and, and read through things, you know, and realize, okay, like I was happy this day, you know, something good did happen in my life. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, things, things get better um, and they will eventually get easier. Uh, I didn't expect to be at where I'm at 
today, I guess. Um, I would say I'm, I'm pretty happy just given the things that have happened, but it's also just shown me how strong I am and that I am flexible with change and just the many things that have happened in my, in my 25 years, um, which is just crazy to think about. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's really my, my kind of closing note. Um, I am here for everybody who needs me. Um, I'm happy to share my story, happy to share uh, what's helped me, what didn't help me, um, and just kind of talk it through it with people. Because if I can be a resource to someone, I definitely want to be. I don't want anybody going through this alone or, or feeling like they don't have anyone to talk to. Because um, I, I do know what that feels like. And it's it's not a fun feeling to have. Um, you feel alone, you feel trapped, you feel scared. And, you know, before you know it, you're kind of digging this emotional hole for yourself and you feel like you can't get out of it. And that's an even worse feeling to have. Um, so I am so thankful for you, Beth, and, and reaching out and asking me to do this again. I was so excited to be on a podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, just very appreciative of your time and, and listening to, to my many stories. So thank you. Oh, oh, it's been a privilege. It's been a privilege to uh, have you share your story with us. And that's, that's the whole reason behind this podcast is just sharing our stories. If it just helps one person, it's in my opinion, it's worth it. Um, if one person feels less alone or feels validated or, or like that they can relate to a story, um, because we are all in this together, we can't stick our head in the sand and pretend like it's not happening because it, it is happening um, and just want to provide that kind of, you know, community for others. So thank you. I'm all you. human. <laughs> yeah. I think people forget that. <laughs> we right? will feel emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I really appreciate your vulnerability and your honesty and uh, being willing to share with us. And so there will be a way for people to leave um, speaker voice notes if they want on the podcast. So if, if people reach out, want to reach out, leave a message for Allison, please feel free to do so. And uh, we will make sure that we get back to you. And um, thank you for listening. Thank you. <laughs> It's hard to believe that Allison's 25 years old, isn't it? She's had such emotional maturity and healing over the past seven years since she lost her mom when she was 18. If you're looking for more information on your grief journey, please visit my website, www.yourgriefjourney.com. My program, Permission, will be launching on January 18th, and I'd love to have you join us.